I'll tell you right straight in advance, this is not going to be a very sermony sermon this morning. What I like to do on this Sunday, right around Christmas and New Year's, I like to just kind of pause, and sometimes we look back on the year that was. We're actually not really going to do that this morning, simply because we have a church annual meeting in like six or eight weeks, and we're going to do a deep dive on all the stuff that God did in our church then, so you can just put a pin in that for now. What I really want to do this morning is just kind of look ahead a little bit to 2024, if you would allow me uh, the grace to do that. I'm going to do it anyway, just so you know, okay? So I want you, if you have your Bible this morning, to turn, just have one verse to share with you this morning, Psalm chapter 37. Psalm 37, I don't know what your experience with the Psalms are, but there's so many of them that sometimes, like I don't mean this wrong, sometimes like there's so much good stuff in the Psalms and sometimes it's almost easy to miss because there's so much stuff, period, in the Psalms. But look at this, Psalm 37, 5. There's this little verse, it's just this little verse tucked into Psalm 37. It says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. That's the whole verse. Please read that out loud together with me. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. You know I'm going to get you to do it again one more time with me. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. So, I mean, you can probably unpack that on your own. It's a pretty simple verse. Commit your way, excuse me, to the Lord. That means to devote yourself to the Lord, to make a decision to humble yourself and to put Jesus first and allow him to sit in the driver's seat and you walk with him through your life. That's what that means, to commit your way to the Lord. That means, that means, and someone was sharing this this morning earlier, which was awesome. That's when you surrender and say, Jesus, like, I want you this year. I want to be yours this year, right? That's what committing your way to the Lord means. It says, trust in him. Okay, we know about trust, faith, all these things, but this is not just talking about our initial commitment and our initial trust in the Lord. This is an ongoing trust. In other words, we're not supposed to just trust the Lord on December 31st, Sidebar, which is funny, my Fitbit thinks it's January 1st today for some reason. I don't know why. I'm a day ahead of all you people, I guess. <laughs> 2024 is great so far, just saying. <laughs> anyway, it's not just committing yourself and trusting the Lord, you know, here on the first day or the last day or whatever day of the year it is. It's ongoing through the year, moment by moment, situation by situation, ongoing trust. When we commit our way to the Lord, put Him first. And we trust in him, it says what? He will? That means he's going to do something. Like, I don't know if that's exciting for you. That's pretty exciting for me. Because in a world where people think God either doesn't exist or, you know, he's effectively dead and doesn't do anything or he must not care or whatever, I call shenanigans. Because my Bible tells me that if we commit our way to the Lord and we trust in him, he's going to show up and do something. You know why? Because he loves you. And he wants good for you. And now, this is not, by the way, you know, the magic lamp and you just rub it and the genie comes out and he does whatever you want. No, 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 no. God does not always do exactly what we want him to do, right? If you've been a Christian long enough for more than like five minutes, you'll know that that's true. God doesn't always give us what we want, but you know what God does? He gives us what we need. And he actually knows better what you need than you even do. So this is good news to me. 
Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will show up and he will do something. Now, I want you to think of that for a second through the lens of your life personally, your specific situations that you are maybe presently navigating through. I wonder if that might have any sort of relevance to your life at all. I think probably it would. I wonder, but the things that you're struggling with, if you were to commit your way to the Lord ongoing, rather than, Lord, please come and bless my plans, how about, Lord, show me your plans, and I'll roll with that, and you trust in him, he's gonna show up. That's good news to me. And I also want you to think of this verse in terms of the life of our church as well, all of us. In fact, go ahead and look around the room right now. Look around the room, move your head around, not gonna hurt you, not gonna give you a neck cramp. Our church... If each of us that make up the body of Christ is doing this, I wonder what 2024 might look like. Just saying. And we've already seen God bless our church. Like he's just blessed the daylights out of us in the last couple of years. Again, we'll talk about that at the annual meeting. Please show up for it. It'll be fun. But again, looking ahead and all the uncertainty that there is, and we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what five minutes from now will bring. I'll probably still be standing here. That's probably what it'll bring. Just think of what God could do in our church if this is our heart, if that is our mentality this year, right? And I know, like, I'm kind of preaching to the choir. I feel like our church is very good at not falling into the trap of there, I came, I checked the box, whatever, did my God thing this week. That's not the heart I get from you guys at all. But I'm just saying, if we continue in that, for as good as 2023 was, I believe that greater things are still to come. Do you believe that this morning? It kind of hinges a little bit on this though, doesn't it? Because if we're not committing to the Lord and we just don't really care and we're not trusting in him, He's still, you know, going to give us what we need. But, you know, is that faucet of blessing going to be turned, you know, as high as it could be? I don't know. God can do whatever he wants, but I'd say probably not. But when God sees this heart in his people, look out is what I'm saying right here. Now, we don't know, again, what 2024 is going to bring, but we can ground ourselves in the most important things. That's what we're going to do today. And we're going to leave the results to the Lord. I just want to let you in on a little secret this morning. There's not necessarily, I'm speaking like on behalf of the elders, there's not necessarily like a long laundry list of specific results, you know, and goals and figures and stats that we're trying to reach for as a church. Like our goal is not, you know, we got to be X amount of people in attendance. It's not on the list anywhere, actually. Our goal is not, oh, we gotta make you know, so many dollars in the budget. Well, we have a budget and we try to meet that, of course, but that's not like our driving force. Our heart as leaders is to do this and watch the Lord produce the results. Does that make sense? Now, that doesn't mean we're not gonna be intentional, by the way. We still have plans. We still pray a lot. Uh, we, we ask God for wisdom. We take steps of faith when it seems like he's leading us to do something as a church. But as a whole, this is our heart as leaders for this year. And we want it to be your heart as well. You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. So I said we could ground ourselves in the most important things. And what I want to do is I want to just remind you about what those things are for us as a church. Us and this little branch of the body of Christ. 
I want to basically talk about the why and the what and the how of our church. Again, you guys have heard this before, but it's good to be refreshed on the last day of the year, or if you're me, the first day of the year. I don't know. We got to do a little, I got to get into that after church, I guess. But anyway, here's the why of our church. Again, I just talked about this a little bit. You know, we had a really good year in 2023. A lot of really awesome things happened, right? Baptisms and, and, you know, dollars in the bank and roofs overhead, roofs, roofs, whatever the plural is, I don't know, right? And, and Christmas dinners and all kinds of wonderful things. All those things are great and blessings and amazing, but they're not like the why we exist as a church. You need to know that, okay? We don't exist as a church just to have a really good Christmas dinner, right? At the, you know, in December, though it was really good. The kitchen crew's still recovering from it, by the way. Pray for them. You can see it right here. The why of our church, why we exist, it's at the highest level that God would be glorified. You need to understand, this is Jesus' church. It belongs to him. It ain't my church. It's not the elders' church. It's not even your church. It's Jesus' church. And so our goal in all things is that he would be glorified. And God is glorified in many different ways, right? God is glorified through, you know, us enjoying all those good things we already talked about. But I'm saying at the highest level, at the purest form, our main goal is that Jesus Christ would be exalted and made much of and made known in our church, in our community. That is why we exist, period. Now, very simple. That's the why. You talk about the what. You say, well, how is God, you know, glorified through our church? Again, many different ways. But what we set our sights on, the what, you know, what are we going to do in order to glorify God? What we talk about as a church is this word discipleship. Somebody say discipleship. And we could talk on and on about discipleship. Here's the high level of it. It has two parts. One of those parts is walking with Jesus yourself. Personal relationship with God. Walking in that relationship with him. Trusting in him. Growing in him. Spiritual disciplines. All these things. It's about you and Jesus. But it's also helping other people walk with Jesus as well. We've talked about this a lot this year. It's not just you and Jesus. It's not just, you know, God and I have church out in the woods and it's just him and I and nobody else. No, it's always Jesus, others, and you. Say that, Jesus, others, and you. That's what discipleship is. It's those two branches right there. Now, you say, okay, how does that look in action. What does that look like when we're doing it? What does, watch my hands, success look like? How do we know when we're, quote, doing this right? It's three things, very simple. Number one is this. We know that this discipleship stuff is happening when, when we're on track to glorify God as we want to. Number one, it's when we're following Jesus. Notice I didn't phrase that when you believe in God, right? Bible says even the demons believe in God and shudder. It's following Jesus. It's dying to self. It's surrendering to him and walking with him, involving him in every area of your life. And we do that imperfectly, right? If you're here and you perfectly follow Jesus, I would kindly ask you to leave because you will not blend in with the rest of us in here, okay? Doors, you know, many doors to get out the door right here, just saying. But that's the goal, to follow Jesus. That means intentionally pursuing that relationship with him, all about relationship with him. And it's beyond Sunday morning, right? What about Monday through Saturday? God still has a life for you and wants a relationship with you then as well. It involves living life as a pouring out of praise to Jesus. Your life is actually supposed to be worship to God. Read Romans 12.1. You can go ahead and do that. Offering yourself as a sacrifice to God, which is your spiritual worship. Uh, that's part of this. Uh, following Jesus means 
making it a priority to submit to Jesus' lordship and his leadership. That one's tough sometimes because sometimes we say, well, here's how I feel. Here's what I think. And Jesus says, actually, here's what I think. And sometimes it's not the same as what we think. And we got to humble ourselves and go, you know what? I might feel a certain way, but if God says that it's some other way, that's what I'm going to believe and trust. I'm going to do it his way, not my own way. That's following Jesus. That's action. That's a verb. That's a whole life right there. And that's one mark of, quote, success in our church when we're walking more and more with Jesus. Number two, how do we know when this is, quote, working? It's when we're loving others. Somebody say loving others. I only have so many more opportunities to get you to do that this year, so might as well cash in. Now, loving others. Oh, it's intentionally showing love to other people. I've said it ad nauseum in this church. Love is not primarily a feeling. It involves feelings sometimes, but it's a choice. And it's something that you do. It's something that you show way more than it's something that you feel. It's something that you show toward other people, both inside and outside the church, by the way. Loving others involves making it a priority to build strong, here it is again, relationships with other people. Because we have seen and we believe that relationships are fertile ground for the gospel to be shared and for God to move and for growth to happen. Answer me this. Can someone grow apart from the context of a relationship with someone else? Yes, they can. You can grow, you know, when you're just talking to the Lord on your own and whatever. But relationships are so powerful. In fact, I would, you know, don't raise your hand or speak out loud or whatever. I want you to think about it for a second, though. Through your journey and your walk with God, I wonder, has any human person along the way in your journey ever come alongside you and helped you and encouraged you and helped you grow? I would think yes. You know why I think that? Because that's the way it works. I've been a beneficiary of many people in my life. I've been a Christian. I got baptized 19 years ago, Boxing Day, by the way. That was a cool thing I was noticing this, this past week. And in those, well, even before that, I had people encouraging me and sharing truth with me and coming alongside me and supporting me. But in the last 19 years, man, I couldn't even the list would be longer than I could even write out. My hand would get a cramp. All the people that have come alongside me and helped me grow in my faith, you have a role to play in that as well with other people. Intentionally coming alongside other people. And loving other people also involves caring about the well-being of our community and stepping up to serve in our city too. That's why we do things like outreach. You know, it matters, the things that are going on in our city because the people in our city matter. And part of that is, you know, showing the love of Christ, demonstrating the love of Christ to people. Sometimes that's the first look at Jesus they get. It's because some church people showed up and did something nice and kind and helpful. So that's loving others. Look, we could talk for hours about that. We're flying over it, 37,000 feet today. But that's one of our markers of success. And by the way, I've seen that in our church this year. I've seen the, both of those first two things. I've seen these. These are happening. They're slightly intangible sometimes, but they're going on. And the third one is this. How do we know when, when we're on track as a church? What does success look like for us? It's when we're pursuing growth. Somebody say growth. You know what that means? You're not done yet. It's really easy to fall into the mentality of there, I'm a Christian now, awesome, and my life you know, changed a little bit from how it used to be, and now I'm gonna just do this and sit here and wait till Jesus comes back, Okay? Look, you're not done yet. 
I said, I've been a Christian for 19 years. I'm not done yet. Maybe you've been a Christian for a lot longer than that. You're not done yet either. As long as you got breath in your lungs, you have a role to play. You have growth uh, to experience in your life. So pursuing growth looks like many things. It looks like doing our part to see the growth of God's kingdom, right? That would, that would involve, for instance, like, oh, I have a responsibility like to share the gospel with people and to uh, see people grow up in their faith and the kingdom be built up and developed in that way. We already talked about that. Uh, pursuing growth looks like pursuing spiritual growth. And I always, you know, spiritual growth, you say, well, that's hard to define. Let me make it easy for you. Spiritual growth is when you start to know this better and you start to do this better. That's spiritual growth. Know the word and do the word. When we increasingly do that, and also pursuing growth involves trying to grow in areas of your God-given potential and your gifts and the resources God has given you, spiritual gifts, all of these things, right? God has given you all of these things. Right? Go and read Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. God didn't give you the things he's giving you, given you so that you could sit on them and do nothing with them. He wants you to unearth those and to discover those, and to hone those things, and maybe prune them, and get better at them, so that there can be a harvest through those things. Like even the random little things that you're good at in your life, right? P part of pursuing growth is making the most of those. Is this landing? Is this making sense today? Yeah. Okay, so those are sort of our targets as a church. And again, they're a little more vague than, well, you know, we need 200 people here on a Sunday, and we need $200,000 in the bank by the end of the year and uh, you know we need five programs running. Yeah, you know what? This is what God's put on our heart. This is what we're gonna be doing in 2024. I'm just telling you. If nothing else, that's what I can tell you right there. And out of that is gonna come the results, right? Because when we commit our way to the Lord and we trust in him, he's gonna what? Act. Thank you, you remembered. That's our heart for this year. Now, here's what I do wanna say. I can put like a little bit of meat on the bones for 2024. I want to give you a glimpse at a few of the things that we see happening, specific things. I won't leave you completely hanging on those. So here's a non-exhaustive list of some things we see happening in 2024. First of all, uh, we fully expect that 242 is going to restart. Yes, right answer, sister, right there. 242 has been awesome. We had a ton of great uh, sessions of that in 2023. We're excited to get that going again. I don't have a start date for you yet. Sorry, but stay tuned for that. Uh, it'll be all over the various methods of announcements we talked about earlier, uh, but we expect that'll be starting up before too long. Friday morning coffee, we expect that's going to revamp uh, or uh, restart, I should say. Yeah, someone's excited for it. Friday morning coffee's awesome. If you're like off or around here on Friday mornings, you gotta be here. Uh, again, don't have a start date on that for you yet, but stay tuned, we'll have it for you. Oh, this, next one. This is the first you're hearing about it. So I guess this kind of counts as an announcement. So I guess I'm contradicting what I said earlier. But there's gonna be a men's retreat February 8th and 9th. That's a Friday and Saturday. It's gonna be right here, so you don't even have to travel anywhere. And it is going to be awesome. Awesome. So, but, uh, but add it, yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't want to spoil it, Martin. Don't ruin it. No, no, just kidding. Okay. We had one of these last year in June. A bunch of men from our church went down to Deer Island and had an overnight there, and it was fantastic. And nobody in my cabin even snored, which was a blessing, right? It's a miracle. Yeah, miracles happen. 
Uh, this here, we're doing it in the winter. And I don't know if there'll be more than one this year, but there's at least this one in February. Uh, it's going to be here. There's going to be barbecued steak. So I probably don't even need to say anything else about it, but it was amazing. It was powerful. Uh, so we're going to give you more details, man, about that in the coming weeks, but uh, we want you there. It's going to be so, so good. Really powerful stuff. Uh, really looking forward to that uh, in a month's time or so. Uh, next thing on here, Bible reading plans. So here I am with another announcement. Look at me contradicting myself. Maybe my New Year's resolution will be to not contradict myself anymore. Bible reading plans. So we have just finished today reading through the New Testament in a year. It was awesome as well. How many of you know reading the Bible is awesome? It is. Good, good. Most hands went up there. That's good. The rest of you, you'll catch up. It's okay. Now, I'm here to tell you we're going to be doing the New Testament in a year once again in 2024. There's a couple of different groups. Uh, they're going to be mixed this year, men and women. And here's all you need to do. Look, the new year starts tomorrow. This plan starts tomorrow. So you don't have like a lot of turnaround time on this. If you have not already indicated your interest in doing this plan, it's on version, the Bible app. If you would like to do it and you have not indicated so already, just tell me that you want to do it. That's all you need to do, okay? Tell me that you want to do it. Find me out after church, say, I want to be on that plan, and I'll make sure you're on it when it starts tomorrow. Is that good? Okay, make it simple, right? Uh, next thing. Oh, yeah, right. Next week, we're starting the book of Acts, going through that as a church on Sunday mornings. That's going to be fun. Hey, awesome. Do you know what? I, you guys almost just made me cry right there, because you get excited about starting a book of the Bible. That's like wonderful news, right? I didn't say that, and then it was crickets. So, Seriously, that's a sign God's doing something. Wow, that was awesome, okay? And also, there's a bunch of new groups that have been going up. Uh, let me rephrase. New groups that have already been going on. We have small groups that kind of sort of run uh, throughout the year as a church, and there's new ones starting. Now, these aren't necessarily like just go sign up somewhere on a piece of paper. These are oftentimes by invite only. But if you like have this burning desire in your heart that, wow, I really need to be part of a group, I'll just invite you to come see me and we'll, we'll get you connected. Make sense? Simple? Okay, good. And there's lots of room for other things to pop up too. This is just a few things we anticipate and expect. There's gonna be much more than this even this year. Anything else the Lord leads us to start? Here's the cool thing about our church. When the Lord says, I want you to do this, usually it doesn't require a whole lot of turnaround time and we can do it. We can start it. So we're excited for that, 2024. Yes, yes, please be excited about 2024. Yes. But again, I don't want it to be lost on us that this all starts and this all hinges on that verse we read earlier and that commitment that we're gonna make to the Lord and to each other, right? Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Making that commitment to God. I wonder if there are things in your life that you need to commit to the Lord this morning, right? Commit your heart to him. Maybe you need to commit your sin to him. Maybe you need to commit your marriage and your family to him. Maybe you need to commit your health to the Lord. Maybe you need to commit your job to the Lord. Maybe you need to commit, <laughs> maybe you need to commit your money to the Lord this year. Somebody's like, I'm out the door. That's my cue to leave, right? Maybe you need to commit your plans. You've got these goals and plans and dreams this year. Maybe you've got to commit those to the Lord. 